Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host, Jessica Van. I'm the founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today I am joined by Jake Thompson. Hi, Jake. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Happy Friday to you. Jake is the executive assistant to the CEO of Cosm in the technology-adjacent entertainment industry that's located in Los Angeles, and they focus on creating immersive experiences. Jake has supported several big names in the entertainment industry, such as Heather Perry, who's a television and film producer best known for Pixels, The House Bunny, and of course, A Star is Born, uh, as well as Kelly Osborne, actress and daughter of Ozzy and Sharon Osborne, and Jenny Daly, another very well-known television producer. He supported these people in both personal and executive support capacities throughout his career. So if there's anyone who can offer us a VIP peek and perspective behind the scenes, including bloopers, it's definitely going to be you. The focus of our time today and of this episode is to just give our listeners a glimpse into what supporting in the entertainment industry looks like. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a seductive, you know, fantasy kind of idealized space that a a lot of people um, maybe have kind of a, a fascination with or an intrigue around. So maybe you've dreamed of supporting someone in Hollywood or you're just curious and want to hear what it's really like, um, or maybe you're just you know here for the fun and titillation. I don't know. So to get us started, I think the most obvious question that probably a lot of people are wanting to know is like, how do you even break into something like this, right? Like, is it just kind of one of those, you know, you were working in a coffee shop, get discovered kind of stories, or how does one kind of um, scratch the surface of getting into a space like this? You know, that's interesting. I tried for many years to kind of wrap my head around, you know, what's the formula to, uh, you know, break into the industry as I was going through college and trying to figure that out. Um, I grew up in L.A., uh, you know, my entire life. I was I was raised kind of uh, north of L.A. in Santa Clarita. Um, I went to school in Orange County and then ended up moving back out to LA after school. And I, I think really, and like maybe disappointingly to um, some of the listeners, you know, might be that uh, it it's, it's a lot based off of where you are and where you come from and who you know. Um, I really think that's a huge part of it. I think cause it's such a like private and confidential and, really like locked down industry that uh, to break into it, you've got to have like that secured trust and that bond with someone who's already in there who can vouch for who you are. Um, That's not to say that there, you know, aren't 
extremely qualified people from all walks of life all over the world who end up in the industry as well. But time and time again, and and same for my case, it's really been about uh, maintaining that network of people that you have. um, and, and, And you really never know who you come across in your career and in your personal life who will pop up you know, next week or in a month or in years and, and have your in for that opportunity. So I would honestly say it's, it's a lot about your network and who you know, and, and where you're from. Yeah, and and that's consistent with what I've heard, right? I mean, I've I've heard a lot that, you know, Los Angeles and in particular, well, I think just Los Angeles, generally speaking, and then in particular, when you layer on the entertainment industry, it really is largely network driven. And, and it really is about activating your network. And I know, for instance, like when when Maven was looking to expand to Southern California, um, one of the most, I think, really valuable pieces of advice that we got was just that, you know, so much of the decision making happens in person. And so much of the credibility building happens in person. And that if you really want to get in, you've got to be here. Um, that there's something that really, you know, I think maybe it's a little bit different in Silicon Valley, where, you know, um, a lot of uh, our, our clients are based and a lot of our network is, I think, I think that that functions a little bit differently. And LA is a lot about, you know, going to lunch and talking things over, um, uh, you know, over the course of a drink or a meal or an, or an in-person meeting. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you. I didn't want to get in the middle of what you were saying, but I was kind of eager to jump in and say that, uh, you know, those coffees and those lunches, and even if you can get a social event on the calendar with any of those assistants at other companies or, uh, you know, p- people that you've, you know, done light touch work with before, like, those are essential. And I'm was pretty awkward about getting the ball rolling with that uh, at the start of my career. I didn't understand how important that would be. And, uh, you know, it felt kind of insincere, like inauthentic, uh, you mm-hmm. know, like I was kind of reaching out to someone to get something that I needed. But it, it honestly really isn't that at all. It, everyone's trying to meet other people. And it, it just it just is a common practice here. And I can't tell you how many um, friendships that, uh, that I've made with people who, you know, I've gone out to drinks with just off of barely knowing them, or there are bosses knowing each other. And those have turned into meaningful connections and work later on down the road. So it just, you know, it, it speaks for itself. It, it, it really goes a long way to kind of kind of put yourself out there and uh, try to organize organize yeah. outings with the people that you work around. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, it, sometimes um, there's different ways of approaching a job search, right? And, and I think oftentimes people try to do, for, particularly if they're out of, you know, not in the area and out of, out of, um, out of state, they might try to secure a role remotely. They might try to attempt, you know, to go through the interview process um, not being local. And I have to say, just based upon my, you know, my exposure to LA and to this industry, that feels like it would just be an impossible task because as, as we've just described, like it is so human to human relationship network driven. And, um, it's funny, I'm, I'm reminded of a story. There was a, there's a CEO that, um, 
that I'm aware of that we've done some work for who had also um, expanded and gone to LA after working in, in, in Silicon Valley for quite a while. And at one point she had, she, she was kind of like, um, kind of like marveling. And she's like, why is it that everybody in LA always wants to go to lunch? You know, like, I, I don't understand. Like, why can't we just hop on a call? Why can't we just meet in a boardroom and make decisions? Everyone always wants to go to lunch. Like, God, like, how can you eat this much? You know, like it's, everything is always <laughs> over food. <laughs> and I was, I was pretty tickled by that anecdote because it, it does. Like, it's, it's so relationship driven. It, it, it totally changes the conversation to um, have that face-to-face time out of a work setting. It just, I, I think it's even like just kind of relaxing and refreshing to people. And maybe, you know, LA is all about <laughs> chill and laid back. And uh, I think, I think that's kind of what comes out of these, these, uh, you know, outings that you make with, with people that you barely know from work. It just kind of gives you like that relaxed vibe so that maybe, you know, any inhibitions that you had or or things that you were afraid to talk about kind of get a little bit easier, maybe. So let's talk shiny mirrors versus smoky mirrors, shall we? So what were your expectations for this? Or were your expectations for this industry shattered by the realities of the role? Right? I mean, obviously, um, we all have kind of this fantasy, which may or may not be at all remotely correct of, of what the industry is like. Has it been pretty dreamy to be part of this Hollywood entertainment scene? Or how would you would you debunk that for us? Um, you know, I'd say it, I'd love to go one way or the other, but I'd say it's a mix of both. I've, I've had really magical encounters that, you know, nights that I'll never forget with uh, some of the awesome projects that I've gotten to work on. But uh, at the same time, you know, as you hear a lot of, I've had my fair share of really strong personalities, we'll say, (laughs) um, in the industry. And, uh, you know, the the certain workplaces um, in this industry can be really cutthroat or it's, it's, it's a lot like everyone's kind of out to get each other and, and step on each other on the way up to the top. And, and you see it kind of all the time. It, it's uh, disheartening, to say the least. Um, you know, but, but I, I've been really fortunate to um, know myself enough to know that I don't want to be in that environment. I have found... Um, that balance of, of, of what I need from, from a job in this industry. Um, you know, and, and, and I won't even say it took a whole lot of like trial and error. I just think there were certain situations that I entered into with work, uh, you know, working for especially difficult people and very quickly knew that that wasn't me and that wasn't something that I wanted to do because burnout is real. You can't Mm. keep submitting yourself to um, this soul crushing work that it can be from time to time when you come across, uh, you know, a toxic work environment or, uh, you know, a a micromanagey kind of emotional terrorist of a boss. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, 
to answer your question about is it shiny mirrors or smoky mirrors, it's all of it. Mm-hmm. It's all of it. There's there's a lot of magical situations that come out of some jobs. There's a lot of really low and dark places that come out of some of these jobs here in, in the industry. And uh, I think my uh, word of advice to anyone would be to to know yourself and know your limit with um, those dark and low places in the industry and have your moral compass out about you and, and, and try to do right by as many people as you can in the industry. I've, I've, I think I've made more, I think, I think I've progressed more by trying to do right by as many people as I can, as I come across in the industry versus trying to one up or um, make someone else look bad. I think we, we can all, definitely lift each other up and, and, and it, it doesn't need to be a thing where we step all over each other to, to get to where we want to be. Right. Absolutely. Do you think that the entertainment industry is more rife with um, those types of dynamics, whether it's the, you know, quote unquote, um, difficult boss um, or the quote unquote, like cutthroat colleague? Like, do you, from what you've observed, having worked both in, you know, entertainment industry versus more of a corporate, um, corporate sector and corporate environment, would you say that those type, those personality dynamics are more rampant within the entertainment industry? And if so, why, why do you think that's tolerated or why do you think that is? I do think, uh, you know, the entertainment industry is definitely rampant with, uh, you know, strong personalities and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, some of the more difficult to work with folks. And I think it's been an ongoing thing for sure in this industry. Um, I, I think this industry started on, um, you know, these, these kind of bad morals or, or, or you know, n- no principle for certain things. I think, um it's only just now starting to to get attention and gain traction um, that we need to fix the industry to make it a better place to weed out these people that um, you know m- make it a, a kind of darker place for for those that have to work for them. Um, but I will say, uh, you know, I, you know how like when you meet a really <laughs> you know, someone who's having a bad day or just a bad life and, and, and it just rubs off on you and how it can kind of ruin your day. But that's not how everyone's been. But but that one bad person or that one, you know, bad exchange or, or mm-hmm. what have you kind of just puts a damper on your day. The entertainment industry is definitely rife with people like that. But I will say that I've met more good people and uh you know people that are friends for life in the industry than i have um you know some of the ones who i probably won't talk to ever again (laughs) (laughs) they will not be getting Um, a christmas card jake (laughs) no not at all they're on santa's naughty list yeah (laughs) so in terms of special projects or exposure um, what types of things have you had the opportunity to be a part of as a result of working in the industry? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, you know, having supported a few executive producers um, in the reality TV and, uh, you know, the 
cinematic space. Um, definitely been on a lot of TV sets, um, just kind of assisting anywhere I can. Um, gotten to production coordinate for um, some live music events and music festivals, which was incredible. Um, gotten to travel the world. I, I production coordinated on um, EDC, which is Electric Daisy Carnival, produced by Insomniac, amazing festival. Gotten to production coordinate on um, their flagship shows in China and Japan and Korea and Mexico. And um, those were definitely some some highlights of, of my career. Um, I helped organize uh, logistics around the premiere for A Star is Born while I was working um, at Live Nation Productions and actually got to uh, bump shoulders with Lady Gaga, which was like, uh, I have a Lady Gaga tattoo on my wrist. So wow. So that was a moment for to, you. <laughs> oh my, I, I was leaving the house and my partner was like, if you don't meet her tonight, do not come <laughs> and home. I, yeah, sleep on the couch. But sleep and I didn't even. I wasn't. You know, you don't. You don't want to be that guy that's like following them around either. If if, if there's anything I've learned, you want to be like super down to earth. But like, truly, we happen to just be walking down the hall past each other, and she, you know, she had been surrounded. It was the premiere of A Star Is Born in L.A. She yeah. was like, you know, having her like Marilyn Monroe moment, and there was a million people around her all night. And I just happened to be walking in the backstage area that she was walking through. And I, I was like, I just have to tell you, I have this tattoo and she totally stopped and, and talked with me and I got a picture. And, you know, I, I think that's the one time that I'll do that. Cause I really, in these situations, you know, there are people, they just want to be left alone. But mm-hmm. when you've got ink for that person, I think they might want to see it, you know? So <laughs> You know, like, I hope that's relatable. I'm going to just give terrible advice. Like, (laughs) stop your idol on the street and bother them. But step number one, get a tattoo of your idol. Step Step number number two, working in Hollywood, (laughs) get branded. Step number two, stalk them. No, I'm just kidding. Totally joking. I mean, like, listen to what you just described. Like, God, that's pretty epic. You know, Japan, China, Mexico, traveling the world. I I mean, I think like anything, it's like you take the good with the bad. And there's also an incredible amount of opportunity that comes your way as a result of some of these, you know, um, positions. Having a, a, a star studded night on the town is fun, but it won't teach you as much as going through the hardships of, um, you know, working with difficult people, navigating nearly impossible situations and conflicts and predicaments and just the the things that do come up in the entertainment industry. Um, those have been the biggest teachers and the biggest lessons kind of, you know, to, 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 to myself, to let me know that, I never want to go back to that and what I need to do to steer clear of that. And those situations are also inevitable. So what do you do when you get in those situations? You pick up the pieces yep. and, and, and figure it out. So I'm thankful yep. for the good and the bad. Yeah. That's something, that's a theme that's been pretty um, 
prevalent as we've done a couple seasons of this of this program of just you know hearing people and really you know I don't I don't think there's too many put it to you this way too many really accomplished executive assistants who have achieved some some really monumental things in their career I don't think there's too many of them that have been unscathed or haven't had some pretty massive challenges whether it was just the job the personality dynamics the you know, interpersonal dynamics, whatever it was that they had to navigate, I mean, inevitably it it comes your way. And so a lot of what we hope to offer too is just, you know, strategies for how to deal with some of those, those things that come up, but I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, those are the growing moments, right? That's, that's why you get to the level that you're at. A hundred percent. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call this advice, but, um, you know, if, if you're in a job that maybe is, is paying you as well as you want to be, it's at the coolest company in the world, it's been your dream for so long to be in this job, and you find that you have to weather the storm with someone or some line of work that really um, clashes with who you are or um, crushes your soul or makes you feel like, you know, you're not worthy, you're not worth it, like, that situation is not worth it. And mm-hmm. I mean, try, try, you know, I, I left a job that, that was not doing it for me <laughs> to say the least um, pretty, pretty short after getting there. And I, the, the two things I wish were that I spent a little bit of time before leaving um, to find the next thing, because I did spend some time, kind of floating and not knowing what to do. Um, and I did actually end up finding my dream job like right after that and, you know, and, and finding more dream jobs af- thereafter. Um, so thankful that everything happened when it did. I would say try to have something lined up, but also um, don't wait around for, for, for that person or that situation to change after, after, you know, that like, that this is what this job is going to be, or this is who this person's going to be, you know, don't think that you are going to be able to change someone who's been set in their ways and the way that they work for so many years. Like that's who that person is. That's what that job is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, if it's crushing your soul, don't sit around because I definitely had some, some, some really hard reckonings with myself and I left, you know, this particular job pretty beaten up and bruised Mm -hmm. and, and it took a long time to come out of that shell and feel worthy again. And, um, you know, go into interview. I would go into interviews after leaving that job and not know how to talk about how great I was because I was told for enough, a long enough amount of time that I wasn't good. And, you know, you start to believe the things that you live every day and the things that you um, enter yourself into, they start to become a part of you, like whether you like it or not. Um, so don't let yourself uh, stay for too long in a situation like that. Figure out an alternative, figure out your game plan um, and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, anything that demoralizes you on that level and yeah. makes you actually question your own worth is clearly that's not bringing out the best. 
that's no, that's a, that's a far that's cry not from that. Joy. No, that is not sparking joy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, confidentiality and discretion are pretty big themes for this industry. Um, you know, if you're a person, if you're supporting a person that's, you know, literally in the public eye whose name is running across billboards and headlines, you know, that, that level and that emphasis on discretion and confidential confidentiality is that much more underscored. So can you speak a little bit to that without betraying any confidences, obviously, but can you speak <laughs> a little bit more to what does that mean and how do you really preserve that confidence? actually just out of coming off of that last topic I was actually before you even brought up your question was just thinking have I I don't think I've broken any of the NDAs or proprietary information agreements that I've signed by like giving these anecdotes so hopefully not um but uh you know confidentiality and and privacy is like uh, one of the cornerstones of this industry because you are working with um, you know, upcoming campaigns or, uh, you know, hu- huge projects that people are vying to see that people would pay you money to get um, secrets on it. I've been contacted for sure by um, reporters and, 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 and sneaky fans who are looking mm. to get the inside scoop. And you just, you know, either just don't, don't engage. Um, because because that that trust is definitely something that's that's of the utmost importance in this industry because there there is you don't want to spoil the surprise or you don't want to um, get someone's personal information out there who is a public figure um, to some degree um, you know you you've got to be I'm sure you hear it on here the gatekeeper mm-hmm. at all times. Um, and really, like for for any job, you want to be that gatekeeper. But like, especially in entertainment, you want to be like a fortress because you have all this important, exciting information that literally costs money, and and someone would pay you for. And um, it's 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 important to uh, to you know guard that for sure. I've I actually had a friend who was on a flight and they were working on their laptop and they were working on a campaign for uh, an upcoming project that was going to mm-hmm. be really huge. And the person sitting behind them snapped a photo of wow. like a presentation deck or something and leaked it. And wow. the, the company was able to track back um, what flight that was on, what time it was posted, who was sitting in that seat. And that person got fired. You know, wow. like the, 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 yeah. the person, your friend that was on the laptop or the person that's, that's well, it was a friend person. of a friend, but, but yes, the person, you know, sitting on that flight, working on their laptop, they were let go because of this. Because like, they were, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is like a time and a place and a way to phrase things where you don't have to give, you know, cause I, as you can tell, I'm kind of like an open book. So like it, starting off in the industry, I definitely had to like meter the things that I say and the information that I put out there, just even in like casual phone calls with like contractors or, or other people who we're working with, like they don't need all that information. Like you definitely just need to give them what they need so that we can both get our job done. 
Um, you know, but like, you know, there, you'd think working on a plane is safe, but when you're working with, you know, uh, uh, privileged information like this, there is even a specific time and place that you probably should not even be working or taking your call or any of that. And I feel so bad for that person, but taught me a lesson. You almost become a commodity yourself because you have access to information that that has tradable value and people want it. And I mean, just look at the paparazzi industry. That's not even what we're talking about, but that's that's one kind of ancillary industry that trades on all of this intrigue and information and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I think like you yourself become commodified because you're seen as somebody that has access to knowledge and, and people want it and that it does create kind of this icky um, kind of like underhanded, a little seedy, you know, situation where people are just, vying for things. And I think that, I think consenting to work in this industry also means that you are consenting to knowing that that's part of the gig and you've really got to be that fortress and that buffer and to know that you're going to have people just kind of preying upon you that aren't, that don't necessarily have genuine, you know, and upstanding (laughs) motivations. And that's, that's a bit, that's a bit icky. And you really do need to consider like, what is the intention of this interaction? What is the intention of this friendship? Is there sincerity here? And I'll just speak for myself. That would be exhausting for me to have to constantly question whether an interaction or whether, you know, communication or, or a gesture was authentic or, or inauthentic or what was the driver behind it. I would, I would just find that absolutely draining. It, it's it's an added layer of energy and difficulty and you're right like it can be draining for sure um i think just as you navigate those situations and you you navigate receiving this information and knowing what to do with it and knowing what not to do with it um it becomes second nature and it's it, it's it's not so draining um but but there is a learning curve for sure. Well, and good sidebar note reminder for our listeners, because a lot of people these days are working remotely, not working in an office setting, which means that they may be working in public spaces. They may be working in cafes. They may be working in Starbucks or whatever the case may be. And you've, you know, regardless of whether you're in entertainment or not, I mean, if you, if you work with a venture capitalist, if you work with the CEO of a public company, if you're, if there's anything that could be, observed, you know, or seen by the errant, you know, passerby, um, you've got to be mindful of that. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to pivot away from entertainment and get into the current role that you're in um, at Cosm, working in working in tech? So, you know, as so many of us experienced over the last I think it's two years now um, with COVID. Uh, I was working in, uh, you know, the music festival industry and um, it was decimated by, by COVID and the cancellation of events and everything. So, um, you know, before I knew it, I, I found myself, you know, out looking for the next thing. And, and it was so hard to like, because, so many people were looking for a job. So many people were on unemployment. I probably applied to like, honestly, like a hundred jobs before 
something came along. But I, um, I was working with actually a temp agency before when I was in between jobs years ago. And I reached out to them. Uh, and shortly thereafter, they reached back out and they said, so we have this client, um, you know, they work in immersive entertainment and immersive tech and their CEO is looking for uh, a new executive assistant. And, you know, I, I was kind of intrigued by that. I've loved um, uh, Wisdom in LA and uh, some of the other, more recently, like the Van Gogh uh, immersive ex- uh, exhibit. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's been in San I mean, Francisco. That, mm-hmm. Yes, that, that came after I joined Cosm. But, I, you know, I've been a fan of this kind of, uh, you know, these, these, these shared experience uh, um experiences. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I I got to learn a little bit more about the company and, you know, came to find that, you know, they're, they're all about, um, they, they champion this idea of uh, shared reality and, uh, you know, emphasizing the fan experience for people. And um, that really resonated with me because, you know, I love, um, going to shows. I love being surrounded by going to shows. I mean, like concerts and music festivals and raves and, um, you know, our tech is, is aiming to power experiences like this for people. I had an easy time conveying to them how much I loved what they were doing. And, and I think that's really maybe what uh, might've sold me as the right candidate for that role was that I really loved what they're producing and and it 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 authentically came through and i work now with just the most down to earth and respectful people and to be honest even further i've been able to be completely vulnerable with this team about what i love doing um what my passions are and in turn this team has activated um, my passions and given me projects to grow those passions with. And um, I'm just so thankful that I kind of like stumbled across this opportunity as you do with any job. Um, I, I've really come across a, a gold mine of a team that, that um, you know, really, really tries to lift each other up. And, you know, we all have this common goal of creating these uh, tech-based shared reality fan experiences for people and i'm super excited um to be here i it's it it i wouldn't even say it's like you know i've gone over to another industry because we we dabble so much in what i've loved doing in the past it's just a, a different medium for that kind of entertainment and um i love it it's it's been one of the more seamless transitions in my career so far, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can hear it. I can hear the enthusiasm <laughs> as you're talking about it, which is beautiful. I mean, it's really, Thank you. it's rare to hear somebody speak with such um, gushingness, you know, about their team <laughs> and about their, about their role. It's really lovely. So I have a final question for you, Jake. Okay. And that is if you could support anyone throughout history or time, who would you choose and why? I think it would be fascinating to have supported Freddie Mercury from Queen. 
Um, oh, we have never had that answer. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, <laughs> I grew up as such a fan. Like that was like, I think that was, I don't, it was one of the first CDs. I made my mom buy it for me on my birthday. It was like a Queen's Greatest Hits album because oh, I just cool. love Queen and have always been fascinated by Freddie Mercury. I mean, I think there are periods probably of his life that I, that would have been more difficult to support, but, sure. yeah. um, but, but to be a fly on the wall of, of, of that um, journey, I think uh, would have been incredible. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so okay. much for this honest take on the industry and like I, I really do think it's it's been it's not an expose by any means, but I think it's just an honest <clears throat> an honest exploration of like the good and the bad and what it all entails. And I and I think that that's a really really helpful vantage point for those who have that curiosity or even that desire. So Thank yeah. you for sharing all of it. And thank you for being so open and honest with, with all of your experiences. Of course. I mean, like I said, I'd love to just close on. There is way more good out there in this industry that is bad. You just have to know how to find it and what to steer clear of and have that moral compass and, and know where you want to go with it. And exactly. thank you so much for having me. I, sincerely enjoyed the conversation as well and hopefully um hopefully someone finds it helpful or interesting (laughs) absolutely absolutely they will reach is brought to you by maven recruiting group who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the bay area's most prominent executives and companies if you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community We're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.